Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 108 minutes to quarantine failure. Master caution. Reset. No current alarms. Vault temperature within normal parameters. Zero. Vault pressure within normal parameters. Five. Vault humidity within normal parameters. Vault integrity test report secure. Zero. Talk show. We'll do it live. Manual override achieved. Station uplink. Enter three, two. I'm Sergeant Drano, and you are listening to a communication from Station 7, or The Door. Station 7 is a sociological experiment in progress for members of the Dharma Initiative and fans of Lost and The Walking Dead, so we're going to go ahead and open up our lines for anyone who wants to communicate. Opening communications channel. Waiting. Waiting. Well, Lost is over. Satellite uplink established. But it turns out, Damon and Carlton's prediction was true. What's really fun is to actually have a character back who is dead, but isn't really dead. When someone dies on Lost, they're dead. And that's really it. Like, we're not trying to be sneaky and they're going to come back as a zombie. Or... Year 7, you're going to regret that zombie comment. I am. I am really going <laughs> to regret that. Year 7 is actually, the subtitle is Lost Zombies. <laughs> and it's just everybody who we've killed off over the years coming back and trying to eat you. It'll be cool. It'll be like it'll be like Stephen King. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. So tonight we review episode sixty-eight of The Walking Dead. The title of the episode is First Time Again." We'll rate the episode, review things a bit, then follow that up with the Walker of the Week, Roger Award, and our survival scenario. Finally, we'll close things up with our spoiler-free predictions about what we think might happen next. So without further ado, let's get to it. But first, a word from our sponsors. This week's episode is sponsored by the Amazing Chinese Shovel. Think it's just a shovel? No! It slices, dices, digs, picks, parries, pliers, screws, hammers. It's the only tool you'll ever need. Much more than a shovel. It's the Amazing Chinese Shovel. Okay, let's see we've got on the line tonight. Hey, how's it going, Brian? Good all right, how about you tonight? Right, well, you sound kind of crappy, but I'm hoping yeah. you yep. I'm hoping yeah. not to get it. I am not well. I am not well. I'm fighting the crud. <laughs> yeah. I think we're just starting the crud season. Yeah, I guess that's about right, yeah. It's October crud season, yep, sounds about right. <laughs> uh, It'll be over tonight, tomorrow. And you'll be I, on the mix. I hope so. I don't know. I think the guy I caught it from, he had it for a couple of weeks. So, we'll see. Oh. Uh, yeah. All right, who else we got up there? Incoming transmission from Mr. Bad. Hey, Mr. Bad, how's it going? I'm doing much better than you uh, you uh, people, you know, you, you uh, germ sponges. I... Uh, I'm healthy. Don't tell uh, my my office because I called in two days sick today. But I'm fine and I'm my ready goodness. to go. My textile is at work. <laughs> much crud up there, is there? Uh, much crud. 
Uh, is that, uh, you know, chaotic, uh, uh, radioactive underground dwellers? Underground dwellers? Is is that what that crowd is? No, no, no. That's a different crowd I'm talking about. The creepy crowd. The uh, random virus-created disease that... Well, there's enough to uh, give me cover to, uh, to take a day off. So that worked out well for me. Your sickness <laughs> has given me uh, a, a couple of days off. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Not really. <laughs> All right, who else we got up there? Incoming transmission from Michael. Hey, Michael. Uh, finish your game. We won. Yay. Victory, oh, who, who's we? Um, you know, just a bunch of tanks, Americans, Germans, Russians, doesn't really matter, but we won. Was Leroy Jenkins on your team? No, I don't play World of Warcraft. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, know, you, don't, you don't sound too good. Yeah, I'm a little bit, uh, slightly under the weather. I'm getting Say rained that. on. <laughs> Alright, well, uh, you guys ready to roll on and get it done so I can yeah. get some nice bed rest? Yes. Yeah, let's get going! Yes, sir, moving on. That thing we do. That thing we do. Doing that thing we do. The summary. Written by Mr. Bad. For first time again. This is an extra long episode directed by Greg Nicotero and penned by Matthew Negrete and showrunner, uh, or Negrete, I don't know how it's pronounced, showrunner Scott Gimbel. I'm trying to think if Negrete did something with fear. I can't remember. Let's see. Tonight's theme, Rick is still batshit crazy and paranoid. Enjoy. Hindsight may be 2020, but in The Walking Dead, it's also in black and white. Get ready for the flashbacks. First time again opens up with Rick acting fairly sane and giving orders. He's directing a big project that has something to do with zombies in a rock quarry. Shit happens, and what was supposed to be a dress rehearsal is now the real deal. The gang rush into action. We flash to Morgan channeling his favorite ninja mutant turtle. Like you mean mutant ninja turtle. Seriously, Donatello rules. Rick tells Morgan he's through taking chances, but what he really means is that he just, he doesn't trust anybody, so it's his way or the highway, even when his ideas are just plain bonkers. We find out Rick had Morgan locked up because of his crazy clear episode days, even though it seems the mild-mannered, life-loving, yet thoroughly badass Morgan is a pillar of stability compared to batshit crazy, throat-biting, ghost-seeing, dead telephone-talking, gun-waving, madman-screaming, an all-around killer Rick. He forgot cop driving over. Morgan plays it cool, sensing Rick's paranoia. He's been there and back. Morgan understands they've got to get to know each other for the first time, again. And there we have this week's title drop. Rick tells Daryl he wants more security for the town and no more noobs brought in. Daryl disagrees, but for now Rick is sticking to his guns and not bowing to anyone else's ideas. Crazy, paranoid, and bitter to the bone, Rick throws a hissy fit when he finds Tobin and Father Gabriel digging graves for Reg and Pete. Rick refuses to have a killer buried in their walls, his walls, really, and Deanna, who is still reeling from the loss of Reg, agrees. Even though Morgan points out they're both killers many times over, so they bring Pete's body out of the town's borders to dump in the nearest ditch. Pete's son Ron follows them. Pete's son Ron, Ron follows them, but almost becomes lunch for a few walkers. Rick and Morgan save him and discover the quarry in the process. Rick shifts into replacement dad mode, lecturing Ron about the need to be ever vigilant and how Ron is a weak pansy who can't fend for himself. But wait, Rick will fix that. Just forget I shot your dad in cold blood. You'll see it's all for the best when me and your mom are getting it on. Later, Jesse stops Rick in his tracks. As he tries to slip right into replacement husband mode, she makes it clear he won't be acting as her children's dad, her children's dad, and that she has a vibrator for all her marital needs. Back off, dude. Rick becomes fixated on the quarry. It becomes a metaphor for the ticking time bomb that is his paranoia. 
An emergency town meeting has Crazy Rick giving his PowerPoint slide presentation on the 12 easy steps it takes to herd 10,000 walkers 20 miles. Giddy up, good buddies. Get your spurs on and your lassos loose because we're going to wrangle some walkers. Anybody here got a recording of Rawhide? The only sane voice at the meeting, Carter, who advocates for making the quarry safe by building walls, gets overruled by Deanna, who backs up Rick's paranoia. Rick humiliates Father Gabriel for no apparent reason except that Rick is a nasty SOB who holds a grudge and doesn't see the need to mend fences with weak a-holes who will eventually die anyway. Spoiler alert, Carter is in that category too. Carter's expertise at building walls, but not where to put them, causes him to help Rick to build a wall to redirect the walkers. This becomes a kind of barn-raising community event. But no Amish. There. What? But no Amish. No, no Amish. There might be some Amish there. You don't know. Daryl takes time out to challenge Rick's no-noobs policy, at least until they know how to use a gun to take orders. Rick's orders, that is. Morgan sees through Carol's Miss Innocent routine, and a spark seems to pass between them. Maybe Carol and Morgan will get to know each other more intimately. Sorry, Tobin. Homicidal maniacs can be a bit cliquish. We also see Morgan's sense of humor, or lingering weirdness, when he grills Bashan about the peanut butter protein bar she snagged from his pad in the clear episode while he was unconscious. This ain't over, woman! <laughs> That's awesome. That was great. Rick humiliates all the townies when some walkers attack the wall building crew. They can't fend for themselves. Rick waits till they have their feeble backs to the walls, with Zeds clawing on their throats to order their easy dispatching from his party of prose. We have a convenient scene where Carter is shown to be a coward, untrustworthy, scheming a-hole, an all-around murderous bastard. He is in the gun room, not a very private place, and is inciting a revolt against the dictatorship. A hilariously fumbling Eugene stumbles upon them and is just about to get shot when Rick walks into this den of no goods, advises them on how to properly plot a revolt, and proceeds to humiliate Carter by disarming him and then sparing his miserable life. The faintest idea that Rick has a soft spot in his heart is then dispelled on Rick's porch, where all plots and secrets passing belong, when Rick relates to Morgan that people like Carter are going to die no matter what you do, so no need to waste a bullet on him. <laughs> Sounds a bit like the governor sensing a theme here. We get a bonding moment between the dysfunctional Abraham and Sonia, both drunks evidently, when they both fess up that they need a reason to live. Oh, you meant Sasha. He said Sonia. Uh, yeah. okay. He meant Sasha. <laughs> Which is fine. Fake it till you make it. Just stop drinking eventually. Seriously. Leave some for the rest of us. The walker wrangling goes on, and Abraham impetuously jumps out of the car to take care of some strays, then offers up a really big, thoroughly crazy laugh. Earlier, we had a cool flashback where a bloodied Glenn covers up for Nicholas's attempted murder, and now Nick helps out when a, when a bunch of noisy walkers threatened to disturb the herd. Glenn's kind-heartedness gets relayed more directly to the audience as Maggie fills in Tara, and they all decide to forgive Nick for getting Noah killed and trying to kill Glenn. Second chances and reconciliation are the order of the day. Rick would not approve. Second chances and reconciliation don't extend to Carter, though, as he volunteers during the walker wrangling to take the point and quickly gets his face bitten off by a Zed. Rick puts an end to Carter's cowardly screams with a merciless knife to the back of the brain box. Just as the crew shrug and silently mouth, that's the way it is, dibs on the boots, we hear the blaring of a klaxon siren from Alexandria. The walker, hood is the walker herd is spooked, and the shit is hitting the fan big time. The, the true dangers of Rick's risky and imprudent, imprudent plan are now plain for everyone to see, except for Carter, for him being dead. But he would have died anyway, so I guess his death doesn't tarnish Rake's bullshit plan. <sighs> Ta-da! <laughs> the opinions of the Mr. Bad summary do not necessarily reflect <laughs> those of Station 7, or participants of Station 7, or our sponsors. Ha <laughs> ha! Okay, so, uh, <laughs> what did you guys think of this episode? How many stars would you give it out of ten, Mr. Bad? Oh, I thought it was good. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I gave it a nine. 
Oh, okay. Well, strong. Okay. Uh, how about you, Brian? Um, I I gave it a ten because I had a, a ton of walkers in it. Wow! Perfect score. And, and and their overall premise through the entire thing, I think they did a really good. I think I thought it was a really solid episode. I could have done without a lot some of the back uh, the the uh, flashbacks, but uh-huh. perfect episode. Perfect episode. Okay. And uh, Michael, I gave it. I think it gets a solid nine. Uh, we can talk about it then. Okay, all right. Uh, I actually only give it a six, uh, and I think, and, and I, I think I'm the exception for this because I haven't heard anybody else complaining about it. But I did not really like the flashback thing. Uh, I felt like they went back and forth way too much, and the black and white stuff started to get on my nerves a little bit. I think it would have been better if they had just told this particular story in chronological order and kept everything in color. <laughs> That's just me. Um, all right. So what worked and didn't work? What made it better? What made it worse? Mr. Bad. <laughs> it's funny. Um, what I actually like the great black and white flashbacks motif. I hope they don't abuse it in future episodes. Uh, it would, it's nice that it hopefully just happens, you know, in this episode or once in a while. I loved uh, Bat Shit Crazy and Paranoid Rick. He was great. Um, and the only thing that didn't work and actually that kept it from being a nine was Rick's bullshit plan and the <laughs> convenient uh, collapse of the quarry just when they happened to be there. All prepared, but it's only a, a, a dress, dress rehearsal, yes. But they still had <laughs> everything they needed to, to pull it off. This is... This is an interesting point, uh, Mr. Bads. Um, Rick's frame of mind during this stuff, I would tend to agree with you. I think he's a little bit nuts and doesn't really always have the best judgment about things these days. But I'm not sure that that's what the show is trying to convey. Do you think the show is trying to paint as a picture of a paranoid crazy guy or... uh, are we supposed to agree with Rick most of the time? What do you think? I this is just my personal opinion. I think it is coming across as uh, crazy and paranoid, <laughs> but it's a crazy and paranoid uh, that's excuse me can become the norm in a dog eat dog you know zombie filled world. You know, I really do think they're paint. I mean, before people compared them to. Um, his bald-headed uh, wife, uh, adulterating friend, uh, Sean Sheen. What was his name? Sam, uh, Shane. Shane. Sorry. Shane, Shane. Yeah, yeah. I should remember Shane. That's a great, great Western name. He should be on the Warhide theme. But anyway, so they compared to Shane. Now I think you know the governor is is he's right up there with the governor. I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot of uh, compassion. He's willing to <laughs> sacrifice other people. I mean, hell, he was really ready to uh, kill that, uh, what's his name, the gay guy who was out there risking his life trying to bring in, you know, desperate people because yeah. he was paranoid. And then he came up with all this bull. He nearly got everybody killed. And I think Daryl clearly sees, you know, through him. I think Morgan sees that he's damaged. But yeah. um, just like Michonne, I mean, these people have serious mental problems from the bullshit they, uh, from the crap they've seen. And they got to yeah. deal with it. And I think his friends are trying to give him time to deal with it, uh, hopefully before it kills them all. Uh, okay. Um, all right, well, what worked and didn't work for you, Brian? Um, I guess the only thing that really didn't work was the fact that they were doing a dry run for it, and they really, you know, I thought that was kind of like, oh, and then, the, of course, the thing, you know, falls when they knew that was going to happen anyway, it was almost like they waited days to do it. Um, other than that, everything else worked fine for me. Um, like, the, the flashbacks were fine. Some There were probably too many of them. Um, but I do agree that, yeah, if they played the story in, in chronological order, I would have given it an 11. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, that's pretty much it. All right. Uh, Michael? So this has totally been said by everybody else, but... Um, on the flashbacks, I thought I, I thought it was interesting. I kind of liked the uh, like the whole mechanic of black and white. I think they used it a little too much, um, but I guess it was acceptable. I, I really hope yeah. they don't do that like continuously in other episodes. So that was okay. Yeah. Well, I thought um, they 
they went back and forth so much. I think they kind of had to do that so you could tell which was a flashback and which wasn't. But uh, well, yeah, it's the only way that their their structured episode makes sense. But I think you said it that if they could have just put it in chronological order, and I mean, I think it would have got just about the same point across. I bet you some. I mean, maybe they could tease us. What was that? Do I? Hey, I bet someone edits, edits it, edits it, and puts it in chronological order. <laughs> and I bet you, I, I would almost guarantee you that those flashback scenes were originally shot to be in color. And I bet yeah. you, in post production, they said they said to themselves, "Oh, since we're going to do these as flashbacks, we're going to have to make them black and white." Because uh, I heard a little it's, because it won't make any any sense otherwise. I had a little info on that. They were they were toying with the idea of uh, oversaturating the current uh, scenes and desaturating the um, flashbacks, and then they just felt uh, it was simpler to have sort of regular uh, film for the current, and then just make it you know all black and white uh-huh. under the pen. So they were fooling around with different ideas to separate the the things. You know what's interesting too? I thought uh, you're supposed to dream in black and white. Did you know that? Yeah, supposedly. I've never quite believed that, but yeah, supposedly that's true. I swear I, I've had color dream, at least one color dream, because I can distinctly remember having this dream about, oh, uh, what's that um, famous uh, story, uh, Tom, oh, uh, Tom, not, uh, Tom okay. Sawyer? Tom Sawyer, uh, where he, they, they go into the cave and they meet the, uh, the, the run, you know, the evil guy. And yes. It was funny because in the dream, I was in my room uh, watching Tom Sawyer on a black and white TV, but it was coming in color. <laughs> well, All right. Um, are we getting back to this? Or you... you don't want to hear more about Tom <laughs> Sawyer? <or> no? <laughs> uh, no, it's fine. Go ahead if you want. Did you have some more, uh, Michael? I was just going to say. What I didn't think were I did I thought the whole idea of like moving the zombies was uh, just a horrible horrible idea and maybe maybe we can talk about that later unless you want to talk about it now just that the whole idea behind moving the zombies but um so what do you I, think they should have done I think they should like well so they they established pretty pretty soon that if like, there wasn't that pit making all that noise attracting, a, like, a large percentage of the zombies that that entire area would have been overwhelmed by zombies, right? So, uh, they could have used it to their advantage. They could have, like, uh, fortified it. Oh, and if they really wanted to, they, they could have just killed all the zombies. So, there was three things I guess they could have done. They could have moved all the zombies, which is a fucking horrible <laughs> idea, because it has a chance to go wrong, as we have seen. Cool. Um, and... It just you don't get to utilize this like buffer almost of just like uh, bringing in more zombies. I th- I think they if they really wanted to, like they a could giant have... zombie trap. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. If you could like you could, you could drop drop your clocks and in that pit and just attract all the zombies everywhere to, into that quarry. Um, yeah, one thought that occurred to me was. Instead of trying to wall the zombies in there, I mean those those roads are made of dirt, right? So just like dig a big old uh, slide. When they try to walk out, they hit the slide and they just slide right back down into the quarry. Yeah. I, that would that, work. That, that's so simple, yeah. But something just as easy like that would work. But instead, they decide that they need to move like thousands of zombies. And they set up all those goddamn cars. Yeah. They could have easily just drove a dozen cars to temporarily pen <laughs> yeah. them Also, no, not quite. I was thinking the same thing. Is they spent all, those time, all that time building those walls. Why didn't they just fortify in front of those trucks? Yeah, I think Sergeant's idea or anybody's ideas would be good. Yeah. You just... Put something temporarily like cars or buses, and then you either build a wall or you build a moat or you, you build, put a hill or a slide or whatever, and that's safe. And, and they said uh, on the show, I heard somebody say there's supposed to have been 30,000 zombies in there. And it's just such bullshit for, for a whole lot of reasons. First of all, there were, there, 
the metropolitan D.C. area <laughs> has over 10 million people in a 20-mile uh, circumference area. So the fact that there were 30,000 zombies in one pit would not explain why there were no other zombies around. But uh, anyway, trying to get 30,000 people to walk on one road, that would stretch for miles, at least um, uh, two miles, at least two miles, uh, and maybe longer, you know. Though, so there's no way they could have corralled, <laughs> wrangled 30,000-some walkers. I think that was bullshit. Uh, what do you guys think about uh, the alternative? <laughs> um, build walls and wall them into the... Uh, or, like, kill all of them or something I don't like know. that. I, I, mean, I, I guess I like my own idea better. Yeah. Find a way to kill them while they're down there. I wondered about that, but I can't really think of anything. You know, they could have done... Not sure how you Steve can that. tell you. Oh, so we, we were trying to come up with different ways, to, things that we had thought about before. Uh, you could get heavy equipment. Uh, you could, you know, tr like you were saying about uh, a klaxon, you could have, you know, set up like uh, some, uh, like what Morgan was doing, some intricate kind of traps and turned on sound to draw them into a, a grinder or something. Or just take a heavy equipment and, and drive it up over them. It's a big quarry. Take a big, uh, any kind of big... Uh, heavy equipment and just just crush them <laughs> yeah, yeah I guess that could work if you don't get swarmed I mean well, most heavy equipment doesn't move very fast oh, if that's true, hurt that you size you think it would just crawl all over you yeah, I mean, if you get a uh, something with tracks on it, like a, a a big earth mover, a lot of those have some kind of cages around it, you know, for uh, in case things fall on you. So you just put some good fencing, and you have another vehicle you can use to uh, to go in there in case you know you run out of gas or something breaks. I don't think it's a big deal. Remember? Yeah, it seems like it could work. Remember the scene from. Uh, <laughs> Uh, when we first meet Abraham and uh, the hot chick and uh, Dr. Uh, Faco, they're in this uh, big uh, army uh, truck, and they, our walkers just can't get to them, so they're perfectly safe. Yep, yep, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> I'm wondering how juicy they are and whether or not a little fire would help out a lot. That would be interesting. They, yeah. are, they are in a quarry, so they can't really... Yeah, we were talking about that, too. So, I mean, but the problem is, if they're relatively still moist, they aren't going to burn very well. But they probably will burn somewhat. <laughs> yeah. You can have smaller <laughs> zombies. <laughs> Let's see. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a good point, though, because it seems like zombies are actually drawn to fire. So you could just get a whole bunch of wood and toss it down there and uh, make a great big bonfire. Maybe they'll all walk into it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, let's see. Oh. What? The smell. Barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Smell great. Anyways, let's go on. Alright, what worked and didn't work for me. Um, well, like I said, I didn't, I didn't think the flashbacks worked very well. The, the A little bit of black and white for flashbacks, I, I think that's fine, but when, like, it seemed just about half the episode was black and white, and we kept going back to that, and it's sometimes uh, it's a little harder to make out what was going on, because I don't think it was... I mean, it's obvious that it wasn't, you know, really shot, intended to be black and white, so there wasn't as quite as much definition for me. Um, so I didn't like that. Uh, what worked... I thought this was a really good depiction of a huge herd, possibly the best one we've seen on the show. We got to really see it up close and personal, and uh, we got to, to see it on the move. And I thought they did a really good job with that. It, it, just the scale of even that opening scene with the, the semi-truck falling down into the quarry with all those zombies in it, that's one of the biggest scale things I think we've ever seen on this show, so that was pretty impressive. Um... I think I heard somebody say they had like two or three thousand extras. I mean, a lot of nice. CGI, but that's they had a lot of people uh, as fake zombies there. Yeah. Uh, fake zombies, not real zombies. All right, uh, smartest dumbest. What was the smartest thing somebody did in the episode, and what was the dumbest, Mister Bad? 
Uh, well, the smartest was Rick not taking Father Gabriel on the Walker Roundup, <laughs> and the dumbest was just about everything else, uh, every other decision Rick made. <laughs> My goodness. All right. Uh, Brian. Uh, dumbest thing was Rick didn't kill that guy. Uh, but he did kill that guy. Well, no, he did, but he did do it when Eugene, when he was threatening Eugene. That's what I'm saying. He should have killed him right then and there. Okay. And the dumbest thing was that guy was plotting against Rick. Okay. That was another dumb thing. Smart <laughs> thing. Um, I did like their plan. I thought it was it made the story really interesting. Um, but as we have already discussed, there's probably better ways that they could have handled it. Now they've got problems. Uh, but I did like you know a lot of the decisions they made to try to keep the board on the rim. So I thought that was fun. Uh, I'm curious, uh, how many of you guys were like me when uh, when they're doing their uh, their roundup thing and Carter, the guy who was plotting, is like, I'll take point or I'll get up in front and do whatever. And I, I, I know that like, the first thing out of my mouth was, oh, he's a dead man. He's going to get killed in a minute. <laughs> a little- oh, God, yeah. Or that, he was going to try to plot to kill Rick. It was one or the other. So um, I wasn't surprised when he got bit. I really wasn't. Yeah. He definitely should have been wearing a red shirt at that point. That was should have been mandatory. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, smartest, dumbest, uh, Michael. Uh, my dumbest is going to just have to be their entire plan in general of moving all the zombies. Like we, we talked about the uh, better alternatives. Uh, oh. My smartest. Um, I don't know. I, I guess. Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> Do you have a smartest dumbest? I'm going to get back to you. I'm trying to think of one right now. It's hard. <laughs> it is hard. <laughs> when I think about it. Uh, damn. Smartest dumbest. Smartest was Jesse to... not hooking up with uh, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I, right, I, I think I'm just going to go with the smartest was the proposal to uh, fortify instead of uh, letting all those guys out. There's all the zombies out. Proposed. All right. All right. Or was it was it the plotter or was it that other builder? I don't remember. Carter. It was Carter the uh, wall, but he helped build the walls. Okay. Uh, for dumbest, uh, I'm just going to go with off the top of my head. Uh, Rick insisting that they bury that dude uh, outside of the walls. Somewhere. And then on top of that, he just wants to leave his body in a ditch or something. Yeah, we don't we don't bury them inside the walls of Alexandria. That was pretty dumb. That was boneheaded. And the smartest, uh, I'm going to say most of the stuff that Morgan did this episode. Morgan seemed like he was really, uh, he really seemed to have a good, uh, he seems good at reading people, I guess, is where I'm going. At least I think he does. It's weird, though, because on the one hand, he, he, we had that one scene where he goes, you're the same man that you were back then. And probably all of us in the audience are going, no, he's not. <laughs> but then Morgan sees him later doing some, you know, kind of questionable stuff. And uh, <laughs> so maybe... Maybe real Morgan realizes he's not the same guy. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. It seems but. Uh, that he saw right through Carol. Yeah, yeah. That that, that was such an awesome scene. I love the scene between him and Carol. Where he goes, "Oh, are you a cop too?" <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. And I I wish she had had a bigger part in this episode. I'm like looking forward to seeing what she's gonna do this season. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, Questions raised by this episode. Does this episode raise any questions or mysteries or unresolved issues? The noise. That's true. Great point. What is that? Anybody anybody got any thoughts on that? What is that? I'm sorry, say that again? You broke up on me. Uh, What's that klaxon that we heard at the end? What is that? That's a semi- more likely, probably the wolves. That's what I'm this is this is this is predictions of data. Are we doing predictions? Uh, Sounds been coming in and out my, for me, so I've been like picking up stuff. But you can mention know. it now and later if you want, or you could just hold it till predictions. No, just hold yeah. it. Just hold it. Really, should hold it. Yeah. 
All right, I guess we'll hold it. That was weird. Okay, uh, anybody got any good quotes? I know this sounds insane, but this is an insane world. We have to come for them before they come for us. Uh, that's kind of a dumb statement. But <laughs> that was completely ridiculous. It's like, they're in a freaking pit. They're not coming for anybody. There's 30,000 flesh-eating zombies. Let's leave, leave well enough alone, you know? I won't. Uh, I can, I don't have the line written down, but I'll uh, I'll reference uh, Morgan's accusing Michonne of taking his peanut butter uh, protein bar. That was awesome. <laughs> that was pretty cool. <laughs> oh, I also have uh, Eugene's holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You I like the hair comment myself. Yeah, oh. that was also quite solid. Yeah, the hair comment uh, when he t- tells what's that guy's name? H Heath or something? Heath. Heath, yes. Yeah, Heath. cool hair something. Cool hair game. Yeah. Or, hair game or something. Game. You play the hair game or something. Game. And, yeah. and the sad thing, I love Eugene's character because he's, he's like very like very methodical of how he speaks. Yes, he's always he speaks total deadpan all the time. He's got a good cadence you know, to it, dude. It's like an expression on his face. <laughs> yeah. He's like Sling Blade. That was cool when he falls down he said, did you hear? Oh, I didn't hear nothing. I mean, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and when Rick tells him, you know, you really should have a lookout, you morons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a little convenient that he walks in oh. right when they're plotting. Yeah, it's very convenient. Oh, uh, well. Uh, okay, you guys ready to, to head into the Walker of the Week? Ready, Let's do sir. It. Ready. That's not it. That's not. Definitely not it. Alright, this is the award we give to our favorite Walker of the Week. Or uh, you can also give it to a character who behaved in a manner no better than a walker. So who gets your award, Mr. Bad? Oh, uh, it was a classic. The first walker to squeeze between those two semis with the flesh draping off of him. almost. Yeah, that's awesome. That was excellent. Good work there, Mr. Nicotero. <laughs> that was excellent. All right, uh, Brian. Enid. Enid? Enid. The girl at the end. We didn't see her, though, did we? What? Enid. The girl at the end. Who the hell the is the girl? Yeah, it's the one who wrote JSS on the car window. Hey, 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 hey that's... What are you talking about? Yeah, that was that, but she's going to get killed. Spoiler! Spoiler alert! God damn it! What? He, it's a spoiler. He's talking about a preview of next next episode. Uh, oh. Oh. Okay. At the end of this episode. That's not oh. part of the episode. Was it? No, it ends with them. You know, sort of like you know the, with the klaxon and them sort of you know. I thought they played her doing that at the very end. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to do a spoiler. My apologies. Yeah. I'll have to go look at that again. So you, th- I said, so you thought I, it was, you thought it was it. like a, a uh, like a Morgan style thing where he comes in after the credits and does something. <laughs> That's what I thought, but I mean, I may be wrong. Oh, I'll, I'll have to check that because uh, I, I downloaded the episode off of iTunes. We'll see if it's on there. I, I can't check, and like I said, when I was watching it, it was and I watched it once and doing my fake spoilers at the same time. I I don't think I bothered to stop it when we were playing it, so and we didn't see that, so I guess probably it was preview. Yeah, whoops, oh well. <laughs> we want to uh, make guesses about what JSS will stand for and, and why. She well, see, they mentioned it in Talking Dead, so I didn't watch. I, think... so I, I have not watched Talking Dead since. Uh... Well, it sounds like all this stuff is spoilers, so we should probably save it. <laughs> We'll see. Well, no, three minutes. Saying they did, so I'm guessing maybe it was. I don't know. I'll, have to, I'll download the episode and try to find out. Okay. All right. Uh, do you want to give a different walk of the week, or you, you, you just want uh, to stick with it? No, I'm fine. What? I'm fine with it. Just Go on. Somebody else. Oh. Okay. Uh, Michael. Uh, well, I did have the flayed skins on me, but since Steve took it, um, I think, well, it's only in one aspect, but, uh, 
So the plotter, the what, what's the plotter's guy's name? What his name's Carter. I yeah, think he, he Carter. All right, so he's Carter. Uh, I think he he behaved no better than a walker's strength when yeah he looked like a fairly <laughs> built guy when he got like fucking manhandled by like a decaying zombie trapped between <laughs> a, a tree like jeez. That was just pathetic to watch that thing like overpower him. Yeah, yeah. Alright, so, uh, he gets yours. Alright, and... Dang. You guys got both the ones I was gonna mention. Uh, let's see. I will give my Walk of the Ring award. Uh, what the hell? I'll give it to Rick for, uh, kind of being a dick this episode in certain subtle ways, and, uh... Well, they weren't very subtle, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, being kind of a, yeah, just kind of kind of a dick. Yeah, like you can't figure out, you can't understand why this kid isn't gonna listen to you. He killed his dad. I mean, he keeps saying, "But ah, I can uh, teach him how to do things." No, you can't. Come on, he killed his dad. Come on now. Yeah. All right, uh, Roger Ward. Roger, there's a lot to get done before you can afford to lose me. Roger, we got this, man. We got this by the ass. Roger. Let's go, baby. You all right? Perfect, baby. Perfect. Roger! Roger, watch it! That is wild! I guess, of course, the award we give to the character who kicked the most ass in the episode, but it was also a character who might potentially get killed off at some point, or possibly even got killed off this episode. So, who gets your Roger Ward? Mr. Bad. Carter. Um, he did die in the episode, and the wall he helped build uh, not only redirected 30,000 uh, walkers, but it kicked a lot of zombie ass. Did you see those That's zombie heads explode when they bumped into the wall? <laughs> those more. Yeah, so they just, they've decayed so much that they will literally die when walking into a wall, but he still gets overpowered. I don't even know. <laughs> Yeah, you just barely bump into the wall and their heads go plop. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, hey, Brian. I was going to give it to Abraham because he got out of the car, even though he got his target, but he went at some of those those guys. I mean, he was just ruthless with them, so I'm giving it to Abraham. That's true, yeah. Now, I also think that's he's a little choice, bit crazy. Yeah. He might die soon, so Abraham. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a solid choice. All right, uh, Michael. Yeah, I think... I was going to give it to Abraham. I think that's that makes a lot of sense. You know, he's kind of, like, fallen out of, out of like, you know, like, the view, kind of. I don't know how to explain it. Um, and he's just taking, like, like, like I think his reasoning uh, for jumping out of the car was that, like, he's living or something. Um, but uh, I think uh, that they're probably going to use him. Uh, he's probably going to die soon. Yeah, I think so, too, just because he said that, yeah. Wow. Well, you look at it this way. It's kind of like with... Uh, <laughs> With uh, Noah from last season, when um, what's her face's husband was giving him uh, attention by becoming an engineer, and then they killed him off viciously. I think Abraham's gonna die. But huh. okay, too much attention being focused on Abraham. Uh, hmm. <clears throat> Interesting. Okay. And I will give it to uh, Morgan. I think he kicked it for a minute after this episode, uh, both physically and mentally. And I'm kind of interested to see what uh, where they take that character. Uh, he's in a. It's amazing how different a place he's in compared to the comics. Uh, and in that, I guess he has a lot in common with the TV version of Carol. <laughs> so uh, he, he's a real wild card, I think, at this point, as is Carol compared to what happened to the comics. So I'm definitely interested by that. All right. Um, do we have anything for zombie analysis besides zombies blow up when they walk into walls? <laughs> um, I don't think we really learned anything new. I mean, we know that they follow sounds and and sky flowers and stuff like that. Um, so, let's see, survival segment. Uh, I guess we could we could do the survival segment. I think we kind of already talked about that too, though. Really, I was—I would have said what would you do with a bunch of zombies in a quarry? We kind of already talked about that. Does anybody have a different survival segment we want to do? 
Let's just skip it then. Let's just go ahead and run into protection. How about this? You're running through the woods. You're going towards, I guess, you know, the, the line of zombies to see where they're going. And suddenly a zombie that is, his intestines is trapped around a tree grabs you. What do you do? Pretend uh, you have no muscles. Because Michael's right. He should have been able to fend him off easily. And I just, yeah. I, just I just found that funny. Well, yeah, he did was faint. Really, all he had to do was fucking drop to the ground. That zombie had no way to, to draw him to him. And like I said, he was entangled in the tree. Oh, yeah, faint would have been good. I mean, most of the time you don't want to go unconscious next to a zombie, but that was the one you could have. He had completely intestines tied to the tree. <laughs> well, another thing about that zombie that jumped out at me as amusing was the way, and I guess this is the behind, just behind-the-scenes type thing, but he bites the guy on the neck, and then when he goes in to bite him again, of course, he goes for right the exact same place that he'd been in the first time. Because <laughs> I guess that's where the special effects are. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Bit him on the neck or the cheek? Oh, neck, cheek, whatever, something like that, yeah. Yeah, the first is... There's a difference between a neck and a cheek. I don't remember. I thought it was the neck. Yeah, we later we later see him with wounds on his cheek, but I think when it first bites him, it bites him on like the neck. I think. You know what I noticed really that I thought was really interesting when the when the blood was coming out because it's coming from his face that it pulled on his eye and he couldn't open it. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was interesting. Touch. I just had a question: Was I the only uh, whacked out weirdo who was looking forward to Rick trying to cut off his face to save his life? And oh no! No, you're not. I oh. I thought of that. I, I thought take off his cheek and it, it would have worked. It would have worked if he did it immediately. Because I thought the same thing too. Like, oh, he's gonna have an ugly wound. But what what would have been even better than that is Rick trying to cut his you know uh, the flesh off his face to save his life and end up stabbing him anyway because he was making too much noise. <laughs> yes, that's funny. Uh... For some reason, what occurred to me, I, for a fact that I wondered if Rick was going to actually strangle the guy to death. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, shh, shh. He's like trying to like, <laughs> stop him from screaming with his hands and stuff. That, well, I, th- I thought he was going to th- throttle him to death instead yeah, of just it, putting him out of his misery. It reminded me of Lizzie and the baby when she was like yeah. putting her hand over the baby and you thought she was going to smother him. Yeah, yeah. Nice. All right, uh, predictions and theories. The Dharma Initiative called it the This man and his team created a series of equations which tell us, with a high degree of probability, where it is going to be at a certain point in time. Event window determined, extrapolating sound and vision. Uh, I guess this is the uh, segment where we just try to give a fairly specific prediction for something that we think is going to happen this season and it's going to be not based on anything we think we know from the comics or spoilers or interviews or any of that stuff so do you have a prediction for us mr bat uh you know my prediction was that carter won't be the only person to die from rick's bullshit plan and uh i think i think abraham's going to die so my prediction will be that abraham is going to die okay all right and brian I hate you, Steve. I was going to say the same thing, but because I do believe well, you, I you do can really double up. We've had people double up before. You just want uh, to get I also think we're going to lose a lot of characters because we know where the horde's going. Um, so I think it's going to—they're going to get into Alexandria. Um, I think whoever is blowing that horn is going to be responsible for letting them in, and then a lot of characters are going to die. Um, you know, I—I I, I remember this from the comics. But it's been a long time. I know some deaths, some not. I'm hoping that... Have you read the, the comic up to this point, uh, uh, John? Uh, I'm a little bit behind. I'm a little bit behind. If you get a chance to get into it before Sunday, if, I know you're not feeling well, and you get past this area, I'm hoping they don't kill off the same characters or have them become a victim or, or, you know, or bit. I hope they keep these characters on for much longer than what they probably should. Uh, you, I, I don't want to give away you know, anything spoilery from the comic books uh, for this, right. 
But right. I really think Steve is right. I think Abraham. I don't remember how Abraham dies. I don't remember how he has a comic. Um, but I think yeah, he's definitely going to be, and I think he's going to sacrifice himself. I don't think he's going to he's going to do anything. Hopefully, major like crazy. I think it's crazy will make him do the sacrifice. Um, but I think he'll save a lot of people. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, Can I ask Brian Mike, a question? What? Um, I just want to ask Brian a question. Uh, yeah. Did they? Introduce a lot of names from the comic books. Uh, this a episode, a lot of what names of because I somebody said Heath was from the comic books. And yeah, Heath is in the comics. He's, he's, he's in the comics. Yeah, I don't really remember him, but he's in the comics. Yeah, oh, and then, um, he, there are a lot of characters that aren't Holly, in the comics. Was Holly mentioned? Huh? Holly, what? Holly, uh, Eugene mentions Holly. He he was taken mm. over at gate duty from Holly. He's yeah, Holly's in the comics. Yeah, I, like I said, I, it's been a while since I read it. I remember Heath. Because they've been really saying, we got another character from the comic, from AMC.com. So they add those, but that's, he's been the only one. So he's going to be more major than, I guess, a Holly character. Yeah, Holly's in the comics. I guess we haven't seen her yet, but yeah, she's in the comics too. Yeah. All right. Um, Michael, you got a prediction for us? Uh, yeah, my prediction is just going to be that because of, uh, I guess, Rick's, uh, the horrible plan, that a lot of shit's going to go down. That's about it. I don't. I don't really have anything specific. <laughs> brave, brave prediction there. Thank you, thank you. If something does bad happen with this horde, unless they can't get it around, or they manage to get it around, uh, oh, and uh, also, I, 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 think, I think the wolves uh, are going to make an appearance. Yeah, oh, I think the wolves. Yeah, there's been a lot of speculation about that, and we did see those W's at Alexandria last season, so it, it seems like they've they've hinted at that way too much not to do something with it. Which is kind of interesting, because the wolves aren't in the comics. That's completely new to the show. Who thinks the so, wolves are behind the siren? What? I was just asking, who thinks the wolves are, are, are letting off the siren? The well, the most well, it sounds like the obvious thing, but I mean... I agree, it does sound like a truck horn, and we've seen them use trucks for stuff, so sure. I mean, that, that, when that went off, I'm like, they had to have thought what that group was going to do. And plan, what, and like, okay, because they're being obviously watched. Um, and had a backup plan if they got out. The horn. I mean, they, had, I mean, they, they knew it was coming. Now, they, uh, they hinted, I think... Where the siren was come from? They said it was probably coming from Alexandria. I don't know if that was me just not paying attention, or you guys can show some shed some light on that, or just from that direction. That was the assumption that I got, and I think they wanted to put that in your mind that that's where the sound was coming from. Yeah. I just think it's coming from that direction. Yeah, characters thought it was coming from Alexandria. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, I don't see how you could know for sure, but it was coming yeah. from that direction, yeah. If they were several miles from Alexandria, it would have to be really, really, really loud. Yeah. yeah. And it seemed pretty clear that this was not a horn that they recognized as being, like, something that Alexandria has that they set off for certain reasons. It seemed to be something that they weren't sure what it was or why it was going off. Now, another thing I did not notice... Like I said, I was doing multiple things when it was playing. Um, but when they were having the house meeting, um, did they mention that the horde that was in that quarry was obviously there on purpose? I'm hoping they do, because trucks blocking them in kind of makes it obvious. Um, I... Uh, I... I did not pick up on this, but uh, I heard uh, the guys on Washington Dead said there was some kind of exposition about there being a camp that was in the. Uh, well, Heath says that. That was in the. Uh, the Heath says that, okay. At the town hall meeting, he says he ran across that area early on. It was just, it looked like a dozen or so zombies. Uh, people had made a camp and then turned, uh, and he never went back there because there that whole area. They sort of avoid it because there wasn't any food and there wasn't anything to, to go, so they just sort of ignored it. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so I guess the noise of the zombies just brought out of the zombies and eventually just built up or whatever. Said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can I ask a question? Uh, sure. It has to do with the dumbest thing. I, I had said Rick's. I just said every decision he made, but there was one actually that I thought of that stands out. Um, 
Why the fuck did they have Daryl on a motorcycle leading the zombies? I mean, any other vehicle you have, a truck, a pickup, I mean, you know, a car, if anything happens, if something unexpected or something bad happens, the, you're in a vehicle where you're safe. If anything happens to Daryl, he's on a fucking uh, motorcycle. Why the hell did they have Daryl leading the zombies, other than it looking cool? It other than it looking cool. Well, I think you just answered your own question. Well, no, I, I actually, uh, actually, I think it makes great sense to have a motorcycle and a car up there. So if you, if one of the vehicles breaks down, you've got another vehicle, and if you run into some unexpected obstruction, the motorcycle might be able to get through where the car would be you, you stuck. You put the freaking motorcycle on a pickup truck with a, a piece of wood as a ramp. You don't put, expose, you know, your best guy or one of your best guys. There's 30 freaking thousand zombies, you know. I, I think protecting people should, you know, should count for something. They had all these goddamn cars. I mean, they lined the road for miles with cars. They had plenty of freaking cars that would drive. Uh. Speaking speaking as someone who actually had to put a motorcycle up in a pickup truck recently and drive it around and get it off again, that takes longer than you would think. You're going to want that thing already started up and ready to get away. <laughs> if you got a giant zombie or anybody, you ain't going to want it up in a truck somewhere. So, yeah, to me it makes total sense they had two vehicles, both running, both capable of escaping, depending on the situation. Maybe they should have sent Daryl ahead of everybody as a scout to make sure nothing unexpected was in their path. That would have made sense, sure. And walkie-talkies and backup vehicles, you know, you know, some Rick's plan didn't have any room for error. No room for error. Well, of course, it's like you said, uh, this was supposed to be a dry run originally, right? They, uh, I guess they were, the, some of the scouting they were going to do this time around. I think one of them even says something about, we we haven't even figured out the last part of the plan yet or something. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think a lot of it was figured out. So I guess they were kind of winging it at that point. Although it was interesting that during a dry run, they still had all these flares and stuff ready to go. It's kind of... I don't know what to think about that. <laughs> and do you think 20 miles is that far? I mean, if a zombie shambles, just say, a mile an hour, in a week, they could all be back. They could all be back or spread out. Like, they could really spread out. I mean, if they just sort of disperse. Well, momentum. I mean, zombies tend to clump together from what we've seen, and if they get going in one direction, they're probably not going to turn around unless something actually makes them turn around. So... Daryl just has to uh, get him, you know, like you said, like 20, 30 miles out, and then just race off ahead of them, disappear, circle around behind without him seeing. <clears throat> so I can see that. All right. Uh, oh, uh, my prediction. Uh, I will predict that uh, Carol and Morgan will have a relationship this season. Yay. Like a romantic relationship. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, that's racist. Why is that racist? I don't know. I thought it was funny. <laughs> sexist. Sexist. <laughs> oh, now you're being sexist? Yes, I agree. He's being sexist. <laughs> it's Mr. Congenist. What's that? What's Morgan that? actually might like guys. Maybe he likes sexist. guys. Uh, what, what will be, become more zen. What what they should do is have a uh, fist bump girl try to come on to uh, Carol because she thinks you know she's a lesbian because she's got the short hair. Have a callback. <laughs> callback to the short hair. That's awesome. Right, yeah, I remember that. That was awesome. Uh, the, the actress who plays Tara is pregnant in that scene. They, that's why they have the uh, the covers over her belly. Oh. Now, that's yeah. I'd like to see it eviscerated. <laughs> Never seen that before. Uh, Alright, well, anybody got any final thoughts before we wrap up the show? And I go well, lay down and hopefully recover. Quarantine, we're not done yet. Oh, you got some spoiler quarantine. Alright, let's go into the spoiler quarantine. Uh, Initiating spoiler quarantine. 
Okay, what do you got? Well, uh, what uh, Brian said earlier, you get a reveal that um, Enid, there's a clip, uh, it's, well, anyway, there's a clip showing Enid uh, killing a walker and then sitting inside a car where she's writing the letters JSS on a dusty window. So what does JSS stand for? Jesus. That's what I think. Jesus. Can I can I make that reference with it? Because it is part of the comics. Jesus. Yes. I was going to have lots sure. of bullshit before we got to the oh, one. And you're all right. Try to edit out my my yeah, yeah, my bit because it was a it was something they played on Talking Dead. That's the accurate one, though. I think. Uh, yeah. You could go to. But they have a but they have a guy in it named uh, Jesus. I don't never. I don't know if he has a middle and last name. It may not even be referencing him at all. It probably. So is. That's what I thought it was initially. It could be just say soccer. Journalist uh, statistical software, J Sound Systems, because they had a loud sound, so it could be, you know, J Sound Systems had the siren trying to advertise. Joint services support. But it's boring. I don't know whether uh, Jesus or Jesus is a good guy or a bad guy, but at least it, yes. it means maybe Enid's not a wolf, which. Of course, was my question. Yeah. But maybe Enid's uh, a scout for, for Jesus if Jesus is a scout for another group. But the so thing is, they've never introduced the wolves in the comics. So it's very possible she is a wolf, but they're just changing up things about the viciousness of, I guess, the other um, the other, um, uh, uh, compound. They might be mixing things up a bit just to keep people who have read the comic <laughs> surprised. So I guess we'll find out over the season. Yeah, because I actually can't remember. I, I've heard people talk about Jesus or Jesus. I don't remember whether he's a good or bad because I haven't read the comics at uh, that point. He's a good guy. Yeah. Spoiler! Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're in the spoiler quarantine. That's not how and it, not play it that way. So. And, and his name is Jesus. <laughs> or at least that's what they call him, I should yeah. say. Well, that's good. I'm glad because then hopefully uh, Enid and Carl, uh, you know, can can get it on. You know. Oh, I still hope so. I would love to see that porn scene. Not really. <laughs> but no, I really kind of like them to have like a little bit more of a relationship. You know, even though it's fifteen seconds to quarantine failure. I think it's been since the you know the downfall. No. Um, I think we heard this. Has it been like four years or something? I don't think they're counting anyone. Judith doesn't look four years old or three years old. I know, she looks like like two. No, not even two, not even one, one and a half. She's still a toddler, yeah. Yeah, but they didn't have her till season three. Yeah. I'm thinking two, two and a half years. Is what I'm thinking. Maybe three, maybe. Well, she was pregnant nine months. She looks about a year and a half. Year, year and a half old. Um, so yeah, I'm guessing about almost two and a half years, maybe. Could be, maybe. I don't know. The problem is they got to do something about Carl. <laughs> yeah, they need a little time, Jeff, for Carl. 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 Yeah. <laughs> All right, anybody got any final uh, final thoughts before we uh, wrap up the show? And I got a bit. Final thoughts. If, uh, do we have any listeners? Do we know if anybody's listening right now and uh, and, and talk to? Oh, uh, maybe I better look over there. Have I been ignoring somebody? I'm just I, don't s- I, I had a oh, I don't s- message in the in the third uh, update of the uh, episode day it was supposed to air. I apologized and said that prizes would be awarded in case anybody. Uh, and I have the prize in my hand. <coughs> Not my, what you think. Well, I have a prize in my hand if anybody's there. Oh, God. Oh, God. Looks like the only person here is uh, Mr. Bad. <laughs> and I guess I'm logged in, but I'm not, you know. See, I had a book chat. called Geeks, Mushheads, and the IT Revolution by Ernst Volgenay. Wow, that sounds incredibly exciting. It is uh, incredibly exciting. And that could have been yours if you had tuned in. Um, oh, maybe next time. Maybe next time. Let it ride. Maybe. Let it ride. <laughs> awesome. I, think I, this, I think I gave this episode more or less a 10 because we got more zombies than we ever would have, that we got in Fear of the Walking Dead. And that that is happen. very true. Very <laughs> true. 
Because thinking back, I'm like, no, it's probably more of an eight. But <laughs> I've seen it once, so but I downloaded it now, so I'll watch yeah. it again. Does, uh, does anybody know what next week's episode is called? That's yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually have it up. Hold on. Okay. What is it? It is called, let me go back one, JSS. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, what do you know? <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. The one after it, that's not. all the rest of them aren't labeled yet. But, yeah, next week's episode is JSS. Okay, interesting. All right. Uh, I guess we'll look forward to that. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's it then. Good night, guys. Uh, thanks for joining me. Looking forward to next week. Hopefully I'll sound a lot better then and feel a lot better then. <laughs> so for all of us here at the Dharma Initiative, thank you. Namaste. And good luck. 42 minutes to quarantine failure. Dang right. Mr. Bad Robot. Call recording has been completed. Goodbye. Well, it looks like my internet crashed, so that means the episode's over. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.